Okay, now I'm, I'm in business. Well, let me see if I can get this up and we'll... What am I doing wrong back there, fellas? I've got it on. I'm pointing it the wrong way. Okay, well, let's don't worry about it then. I heard a story one time about this older preacher. He went to a new place to preach. Had a great sermon the first uh, first time that he was first Sunday he was there. The next Sunday he got up to speak and he did the same sermon again. Well, some of them kind of scratched their head, you know. Some of them remembered that it was the same sermon. Several of them didn't have any idea. Uh, so they kind of let it ride. You know, he's an older fella and he's just made a mistake and he's a little nervous about being here in a new location and so forth. And uh, third Sunday, he preached the same sermon again. So some of them said, well, we've got to talk to him. And they did. They, they got together and they, they, they talked and said, Brother said, you've preached the same sermon three times. We're, we're, we're concerned. We, we don't know what's going on. He said, well, I'll tell you what's going on. He said, none of you have done a thing that I spoke about in the sermon. I'm just going to preach it till you do. <laughs> well, I'm going to preach the same sermon that I've preached before, but it's not because you're not doing it. Barry called me about uh, two hours ago, and he said he's not going to make it uh, back in time to speak tonight. He was supposed to speak, and uh, he, he said that the traffic was heavy and uh, I, I thought well yeah and the food was pretty good at mama's table so that's probably why he didn't he didn't get started in time but I want us to talk for just a little bit about a, le a lesson that I have used before and I want to get to a slide here that uh, well it's not very clear is it the slide is a picture of a, of a beautiful river. Uh, this river is kind of special to me because I was born about a, a mile away from this, this site right here. It wasn't in a hospital. It was out in the country with the country doctor coming to, to the house. But this is the, little, or this is the Sequatchie River uh, in, uh, in the Sequatchie Valley. And it's a very beautiful river. I think you can look and see this is very peaceful up in here. Of course, it's flowing from that direction down. But here is a, here is a dam. It's powering a, a little grist mill that sits right here. But, you know, if you, if you were in a boat coming down this river, uh, everything would look very peaceful, wouldn't it? Look how still the water is. Uh, all of that's just very, very still. And so it would be a very tranquil, a very beautiful scene. But as you rounded this bend, and uh, you got maybe in this area here, you would realize that you were in trouble. Somebody tell me why you're in trouble. The current's going to take you over the dam, isn't it? It's going to take you over, and, and it doesn't matter how hard you try to to paddle that boat up, it, it's already reached the point that the water is more powerful than the rower. And so you're going to go over that dam. 
And in this particular one, several people in fact have done that and several have drowned here in these waters because they went over it unsuspecting. Well, that's what drifting can do, isn't it? That's just kind of the law of nature in the physical realm. The boat is going to drift down and it's going to go over the waterfall or the dam or whatever the, uh, the object might be there. I want to talk a little while tonight about spiritual drifting in our lives uh, because we, in fact, can drift spiritually. And I'm going to back up to my first slide here and... Uh, Okay, too far. Well, Hebrews, the second chapter and verse 1, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest happily we drift away from them. You've read that verse many times. You've, you're, you're familiar with it. You, you, you know what the, the author is talking about there. Yes, we can drift spiritually, can't we? It's very easy. It takes very little effort. Uh, it's, uh, it's something that can happen uh, to all of us in, in life today. And I suggest to you that the dangers of drifting spiritually are just as real as the dangers of being in that boat and drifting down and going across the dam and perhaps drowning in the waters below. It's very easy to forget the things that we have heard. It's very easy to forget the things that we have been taught. It's very easy to drift, spiritually speaking. And so I want us to think about that just for a little while this evening and, and look at some things uh, that, that would, we would be reminded of. Uh, the way that we would start stop our drifting if we were on the river would be to be rowing upstream, wouldn't it? Uh, but the way to start our drifting is simply to stop rowing. If you were to put a boat in the waters there uh, near that dam and start going upstream, perhaps you, you would be successful. Perhaps you could, do, you could overcome the, the power of the water and uh, if you were far enough above the dam, you'd be able to row upstream. And suppose you row a mile upstream and then you stop rowing. What's going to happen? You're going to start drifting, aren't you? You're going to start drifting toward the dangers of, of the water that is there. And of course, uh, uh, we are familiar with that, that in nature. We know that that really happens in nature. I suggest to you tonight that faithfulness as a child of God requires rowing upstream. Faithfulness as a child of God requires that we continue to be making progress up the road of spiritual maturity and toward the time that we shall give an account of our lives as we have lived it here in this, this present abode. Second Peter, the third chapter in verse 18 instructs us to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. We need to grow continually as children of God. There's not a person in here that has reached the point of maturity that you no longer need to grow. And so here in this passage, Peter said uh, to grow. He said to grow in two things. And I, you know, I, one, of the, one of the words in this passage struck me 
in a way that I guess that I haven't, haven't looked at it before. It said to grow in grace. Have you ever thought about that? What does it mean to grow in grace? Grace is a free gift, isn't it? It's something that's given to us. Uh, it's something that uh, a lot of people say today, uh, it, it's by the grace of God that everybody's going to be saved. So, uh, and, and of course, literally speaking, that is. But what I'm trying to point out is that some people take the position that we don't have to worry too much because God's grace will cover everything. But he said to grow in grace. And if it's a gift to us, then how are we going to grow in grace? Well, he goes on and he says that we need to grow in knowledge. And when we grow in knowledge, we're going to learn the things that God wants us to do in life. We're going to learn that, that there are things that are required of us as Christians. We can't just come and occupy the pews here on Sunday morning and Sunday evening. I appreciate those that are here tonight. Uh, but... Uh, Brethren, as we look at the crowd, and I'm preaching to the choir, as they say tonight, I guess. You're the ones that are faithful. But as we look at the crowd, it's evident that somebody is drifting. That's kind of hard to say, and you say, well, you may be judgmental there. But uh, the numbers continue to decline. The numbers continue to decline. Somewhere we're drifting, brethren. Somewhere we're drifting. And the danger of drifting is very vividly pointed out in what we were talking about a moment ago. It's very real in life. And drifting leads to, uh, to unpleasant uh, realities that, that, we don't want to, that we don't want to face one day. Drifting is dangerous not only to me, but dangerous is drifting to other people that associate with me. Drifting is dangerous for those that associate with you. You know, I don't like to think about this idea, but a lot of people are watching me tonight. And you think, well, that's probably true. There probably are a lot of people watching. But many times when you make that statement, you're forgetting that a lot of people are watching you. You're forgetting that there's some young person out there that's, that's using you as a, as a pattern for their lives. You're forgetting that there are even older adults that many times are looking to you as a guide for what you're doing and what they need to be doing in their lives. We don't live in a vacuum. We don't live alone. Uh, we're, we're certainly an example to somebody. And sometimes that example is a good one and sometimes it's not so good. Sometimes we set a pattern for them that, uh, that leads them away from that that they need to be following, that that they need to be practicing. Yes, we set a pattern sometimes that leads them away from God rather than leading them toward God. So we need to be careful in our lives. We need to make sure that we are always active and that we are always growing and that we are always moving forward as a child of God. Drifting is a very dangerous thing for parents for we lose so many opportunities with our children. It's such a tragedy for parents to stay at home and to not bring their children to worship services and to not teach them the word of God and we think well there's going to be a time that they can decide their own faith but so many times brethren they don't decide their faith and they do it because you and I have drifted away from God that we've 
that we've slowly let His influence leave our lives and we're not the example uh, that we need to be. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter in verse 14, He said that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the sly of men and craftiness after the wiles of error. Well, that passage doesn't sound... Well, it doesn't sound very exciting just to read it right there. But he's talking about in that passage that when we do not teach our children, when we do not teach others, even adults, that we become as children in our in our efforts to try to uh, throw off the, the wiles as he uses them here, the tricks, if you might want to call it that, of the devil today. We want our children to be grounded in the faith. We want our children to be grounded in the Word of God. And I'm sorry to say that, that, uh, that we don't do much of it in our homes today like we once did. That we don't study the Bible in the presence of our children like we once did. And uh, the only time they hear God's Word is when they're in the assembly of God's people. And therefore, it's important. It's important to bring them. Don't don't start drifting in life and saying, well, it's not important that I be at church tonight. Apparently, that's what a lot of people think right here. Uh, it's not important that I be there tonight. Now, maybe some got the word that I was going to speak tonight and they stayed home, but I don't think that word got out uh, uh, before I... Before I got here, I might understand it if it did. But uh, we're drifting. We're drifting as children of God today in our faith, and we're drifting in our in our behavior toward God. And in the way I, I recognize that just being here tonight's not going to make you a child of God. I realize that just being here is not going to save your soul. I understand that clearly and, and plainly. But I do understand that it is says something to people that are watching you about your faithfulness and about your dedication. And I appreciate you being here for that reason, if no other. Perhaps the sermon will not really affect you tonight. Perhaps the sermon will will uh, not be such that it uh, has any, any bearing on the conduct of your life today. But being here in the fellowship of your brothers and sisters and being here to set an example for those that are watching has merit. It's a value and I hope that you do value that in, in, in that way today. But we don't want to leave our children as children all of their lives. For when they grow up and they then begin to make their decisions, they will be as a child tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine and by the sly of men and craftiness after the wiles of error. We want them grounded. We want them grounded in the faith, brethren. Well, what are... I keep uh, going too far here... What are some of the signs in your life and in my life that we're drifting? How can I tell if I'm drifting today? Well, there might be a lot of ways. There might not be a lot of there might be a lot of ways that you can determine that. But I want to mention four right here, or three right here, uh, that I think are sure signs that we're beginning to drift. One is that when we have a diminished desire to study God's word and to pray. I need to ask myself the question, Howard, how
How much do you study the Word of God? How much do you study it today compared to what you did 20 years ago? I remember as a child that parents always studied the Bible with their children. I remember when we would go to school and Bible questions would be asked and they could be asked then. There wasn't a problem in talking about God in, in schools. And so oftentimes the questions would be asked and children from the church usually answered those questions because they had learned them in Bible study at home. They had learned them at the feet of their mother who had sat down and read the Bible to them. They had, read, uh, they had learned them with their dad as he had set a beautiful example of, of, of uh, living it out in his life and of uh, putting it into practice as uh, he went to worship. And of course, many times doing the teaching himself too in the homes. We don't read the Bible like we used to. We don't study the Bible like we used to. It's a sign that we're drifting. It's a sign that we're drifting. How much time do you spend in God's Word? How much time do you spend praying and communing with God and talking to God about the blessings He's given us, about the needs that we have? It's a sign. You need to take a look at your life and you need to, you need to make a determination. Am I, am I staying close to God by, by studying His Word, by praying on a regular basis to Him, or am I drifting down the stream? Another sign that we can look for in our lives is a diminished desire to be with God's people. Do you... Do you Find yourself not wanting to be with God's people like you once did. Now the most common place for us to be with God's people is right here in the worship service. Do you find a a desire to want to be somewhere else rather than to be here when we come together to study God's Word? Oh, we, we oftentimes say to that in answer to that well show me in the Bible where it says I've got to be here I can't do that I can't do that I can show you in the Bible where fellowship among Christians was beneficial to the early Christians I can show you where they benefited greatly from being together I can show you examples of where They did almost everything they did together as a a body of God's people. I know the value of association with God's people because of the lessons that are presented in the Bible. But do I find myself desiring to be somewhere else rather than with God's people? I don't mean any harm by this. I don't mean any any, uh, malice in in, in, in any way whatsoever. A lot of people decided they'd rather be somewhere else than to be with God's people tonight. They're not here. That practice has accelerated in the last few years. Ten years ago, we would have had two times, maybe three times as many as are present tonight for a Sunday night service. 
I know some won't agree with me, but brethren, I believe that's a sign that we're drifting. I believe it's a sign that we are no longer as interested in the Word of God as we once were. I believe it's a very dangerous, I believe it's a very dangerous river to be on because I know there's a waterfall ahead. Another way that we can tell if we're drifting today is when we have a diminished desire to share the gospel. I remember many years ago in my earlier years as a young boy and a young man how people talked about the Word of God in public a lot more than they do today. If you had company over the conversation would eventually end up in God's Word. It usually ends up with a ball game today. We don't have the desire to share like we once did. We don't have the desire to save souls like we once did. There are a lot of people in Savannah tonight that don't know the Word of God. That don't know him don't know it in a way that will bring about salvation in their lives. I wonder if I've lost my desire to share the gospel with them. If I have, it's a good sign that I'm drifting. Good sign that I'm drifting away from God. And so it's not a subject that is unimportant. It's not a subject that we can just ignore and not think about. It's a subject that we've got to confront head on. Brother, we're drifting. And there's a waterfall ahead. And it's going to be dangerous for us when we go over. Another sign of drifting is our increased desire to be a part of the things of the world. I know that this was an important week in sports. I know that a top priority for many was to watch the ball games. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the ball games. But when I replace my priority in the Lord's work with a priority of watching the ball game, I'm drifting. When I have a desire to be a part of the things of the world, maybe even things that are not in and of themselves sinful, at the expense of being a part of the kingdom of God, it's a sign of drifting. We could go on and talk about several other examples, perhaps, of that. Drifting is a reality. What are the remedies then against it? How do we overcome it? Well, one of the things that we've got to do, brethren, is we've got to keep rowing upstream. We've got to keep making progress and growing as children of God today. We never reach the point of maturity in our spiritual growth. There's a lot in the Bible that you don't know. I say that because that's true with every person that is a student of the Bible. We never learn everything there is to know about it. 
We never learn all that God would want us to know about that word that he has written to us. In 2 Peter, the first chapter and verse 10, Peter writes these words, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never fail. Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. What's he talking about? He's saying give diligence to be sure you go to heaven. That's what he's trying to tell us. Give diligence to make sure you go to heaven. What does that involve? It involves everything. It involves everything that we do in life today. It involves leaving off things that are sinful. It involves putting things in our life that are good. It involves everything in our lives today. And so he says, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. I wonder if all of us are diligent in that. I wonder if we're diligently moving upstream or if many times we take a rest and drift downstream. We need to recognize that the Christian life will always be an upstream battle. Satan's made sure of that. He's done everything that he can to make sure of that. Every time you become proficient in something, every time you come, become good at something, he's going to find a way to put a stumbling block in front of you. He's a master at it. And so he's going to always make it difficult for us. There's never going to be a time that we can just sit back and take it easy as children of God. We've got to work at it. We've got to work at it. We've got to, we've got to continually be rowing upstream. Matthew 7 verses 13 14 said, Enter ye in at the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that enter in thereby, for narrow is the gate and straight is the way that leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. Do you know why there's so few that are going to find it? Well, one reason is they didn't give diligence to make their calling and election sure. Another reason is they reach the point where they begin to drift. We're not all going to heaven. It's not my point, not my place to tell you who is and who isn't as far as the judge is concerned. But we're not all going to heaven. It's going to only be those that give diligence to make their calling and election sure. What does that entail? Well, again, it entails everything. It entails a knowledge of the Word of God, but it doesn't just include a knowledge of the Word of God. It means that we're going to practice Christianity in our lives day by day. That we're not going to sit back and be served, but we're going to be out front serving. We're going to be out front doing. We're going to be out front carrying on the work of the Lord. When we're out there working, we don't have time for petty grievances. We don't have time to criticize somebody because they wore a red shirt tonight that was a little too bright. We don't have time to criticize somebody because they're wearing their hair different than I think they ought to wear it. We don't have time to 
criticize those little things in life because we're too busy doing the work of the Lord, making our calling and election sure. I don't mean to imply by that that I can earn my salvation. I could never do enough to earn my salvation. But when my faith is what it should be, I'm going to be busy in the work of the Lord. When my faith is what it should be, I'm going to be working as a servant. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. Now, I'm not Jesus and you're not Jesus. But our purpose is still to serve rather than to be served. Drifting is a danger in my life. I become complacent and I begin to drift. In Colossians, the second chapter, verses 6 and 7, As therefore you receive Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and builded up in Him, and established in your faith, even as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Kind of a simple verse when you read it. Not, not, not just jumping out at you and, and, and uh, slapping you across the face and getting your attention. But he said, walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith. Brethren, we need to be established in the faith today. The only way that you can be established in the faith is be in this Word right here. Be in this book. Study. Study every day. Ephesians 4 and verse 14 and 15. That we may no longer be children tossed about. We read this verse a while ago. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. With the sly of men and craftiness after the wiles of error. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, even Christ. Jesus Christ is my head today. I need to be working every day <clears throat> that I might draw closer to Him. That I might grow more acquainted with Him. That I might be more like Him in my life, in the things that I do, in the places that I go, in the words that I speak, in everything that I do today. We need to work hard. Hebrews, the second chapter, verses 1, beginning, Therefore we give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest happily we drift away from them. For if the word spoken through the angels proved steadfast in every transgression, disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, having at first been spoken through the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Every transgression and disobedience will receive its just recompense of reward. It's going to be a judgment one day. If I drift too far in life, that judgment's not going to be favorable to me. I'm going to miss it. That is, I'm going to miss heaven. So I need to work diligently. I need to work hard. I need to continually be rowing upstream. I need to do everything that I can in my life to keep from going backward. I need to be pressing forward every day. Drifting will destroy us spiritually. I know this is not the lesson that maybe you needed tonight. 
But I don't think it hurts us to remind ourselves of this. I don't think it hurts us to be aware of the fact that there's that danger out there. Satan likes nothing more than to see you go over the waterfall, spiritually speaking. He delights in that. Tonight, we're reminded of what Jesus did that we celebrated this morning when we gathered around this table. Jesus went to the cross and he died for me. He died for me. His blood was flowing through his body just like mine's flowing through mine now. But he went to the cross and he died for me. If he made that kind of sacrifice, why in the world would I want to take the chance of drifting through life spiritually without being very concerned and giving diligence and doing all that I can to make my calling and election sure. Thank you for your time. Maybe you're here tonight and you need to respond in some way to the Lord's invitation. Maybe you've been drifting and maybe you want to stop that and maybe you need the prayers of the church to help you in that. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never put your spiritual boat in the water, so to speak. You've never become a child of God. We'd be happy to assist you in that in whatever way we can. If you need us, would you come as we stand and sing?